Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. We're so excited you guys are here. We're going to jump straight into cleaning out the closet part two, because I want to talk to you uh, about some things today as we're cleaning out the closets of our life. Turn to your neighbor and say, clean it out. All right, I don't believe you, neither do they. All right, so say it one more time. Look at them and say, clean it out. How many guys have ever been standing in front of your closet getting ready before, right? So you're looking at all your clothes, and you come to two realizations, don't you? Number one, you got way too many clothes, right? And number two, you have absolutely nothing to wear, right? Like, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, we come to these realizations, and, and here's, what, here's the other thing I've realized. How many guys have ever gotten to the point where you knew you were supposed to go do something, but, like, the clutter was so bad, you're like, you know what, I'm not even leaving. I, I got to stay here and take care of this. Because clutter, man, that clutter mess will keep you just locked in the house. And here's what I realized, and uh, we, we dropped this in your notes so you can have it, but I don't, it's not just our closets, man. I believe cluttered lives will cause you to change your mind about going somewhere. Like, I believe when our lives are too cluttered, we could really lose track of what God wants to do in us or what, what he wants us to do for him. Like, man, cluttered lives will mess you. I believe that's why God truly wants us to clean out the closets of our life, right? And so today I want to talk to you about your old clothes. Because I know some of y'all got old clothes. Like, I want you to think about your closet for a second. Y'all know what t-shirts I'm talking about. All right, I'm talking about... Those dingy, nasty, fellas, I'm talking about the ones with the holes in them. That you got them just the way you like them, though. You know what I'm saying? Your wife has been trying to throw that shirt away for three months. That's what I'm talking about. All right? I'm talking about the ones that's got the holes in them. They don't, they don't even fit anymore. How many of y'all got stuff in your closet? How many of y'all got the goal section of your closet? Don't come on now. Y'all are better than that. How many of y'all got the goal section? Like, man, I'm gonna fit back into that one day. Okay. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to buy it all over again. So I can't get rid of it now. You know what I mean? Cause then when I finally get there, I'm going to need those clothes. Right? So we got all oh, that, man. The, the color is gone. The logo done worn off. Right? So it doesn't even say fun. It just says F you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just some of y'all do. Y'all don't even know what you're telling people out there. You know what I'm saying? Just I want to talk to you about some of your old clothes. Matthew 11:28 through 30. If you haven't picked it up by now, I am not talking about the clothes in your closet, but I am talking about the clothes in your life. Matthew 11:28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Anybody ever felt that way? Your head is low. You're tired. You feel like life is just piling up on you. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. In other words, take what I want you to carry. Take take the burden that I have for you because my burden is different than the burden that the world would give you. He says, let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle. I'm not trying to be aggressive. I'm not trying to hurt you. And here's what he says. You'll find rest for your souls. Like we said last week, how many of us have ever been trying to rest our body or our mind and it didn't matter if you went on a five-day vacation you came back and you were still restless because it doesn't matter if you rest your body and your mind if something's not right in here 
And what he's saying is, I'll give you rest for the part of you that only I can help rest. So you can keep trying to do it your way, but if you, if you let me help, I can help you rest the way you actually are wanting to rest, right? He says, for my yoke, in other words, again, what I want you to carry, it's easy. And my burden, the thing that I want to place on you, is actually light. It's not as heavy as you think it is. It's not religion, it's relationship. I, I don't want you to, to sit under all the expectations and all the weights of the world. I actually want to help free you from some of that. And so the question I have in your life that we need to ask ourselves, the same thing we ask ourselves standing in our closet looking at these nasty clothes. Why am I still holding on to all this? And I want you to right now turn to your neighbor and say, why am I still holding on to all this? Come on, look at it. Why am I still holding on to all this? I got all this. And my, why am I still holding on to this? Well, I gave you some reasons. I wanted to give you some reasons in the beginning. Reasons that we hold on to our past. Are you ready? I'm just going to give these to you quickly. Number one, because it's comfortable. It's co- them old clothes feel good. They fit just right. And here's how some of us are in our lives, right? Even if what we're comfortable is terrible, we're more comfortable with the terrible we know than the terrible we may not know. So, like, if this is going to hurt, I'm at least comfortable knowing how this is going to hurt because if the next thing is going to hurt, I just don't want it to hurt differently. We've grown comfortable with where we're at, even if where we're at isn't great, right? The next thing is because it reminds us of simpler times. It reminds us of simpler How many guys know life is hard sometimes? right? They were simpler, hear me, because they were easy. They were easy because you weren't meeting opposition, and you weren't meeting opposition because you weren't going anywhere. You see, sometimes we cling to a past where we were unfruitful, unproductive, and going nowhere. Let me tell you something. It is not a shock when you come to God and say, all right, God, I want to give you more of my life, and then you immediately meet opposition, right? Because the devil doesn't come against bench players, He only shows up for the ones that are in the game. So if you were going nowhere, it's no shock that he wasn't showing up. But then all of a sudden, you start, how many of y'all ever been there? You start trying to do better. You know what I mean? I'm going to get on this reading plan. I'm going to start praying every day. I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. and seek God before everything. I'm a firm believer. I don't know that God's awake up at 4 a.m. I don't think any of like, like he's like, hey, take another hour, brother. You know what I mean? I'm just kidding. But for real, man, we we try to put all these things into motion to where, man, I want to do better. And then all of a sudden things start happening, don't they? Because hear me, when things start happening because now you're going somewhere. And the enemy is not concerned about people that aren't going anywhere. So let me give you an encouragement today. Be encouraged if you're meeting opposition because if you're meeting opposition, that means you're being fruitful with what God has given you. So, but it does remind us of simpler times. The third thing we wish, some of us wish we were still there. Like, we wish we were still where we got that shirt, metaphorically. We wish we were still back there, right? And this is something that's not necessarily a negative thing, man. We wish we, wish we hadn't lost what we lost back there. We wish that we were back in the time where we still had maybe a loved one that's gone on to be with the Lord. Maybe, maybe we wish we were still back there where, where things were just easier, right? Where... Like, how, how many of you guys remember being a kid? You're like, man, I can't wait to grow up. How foolish. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I would do for a nap? I like, remember your, your parents were talking, hey, listen, you need to go to sleep. You're like, I don't want to. Now we're just like, man, I just wish I could lay down. Like, you know, 
And so we wish we were still there, right? I want to encourage you, some of you, you can't get back what you lost. And so if some of you are clinging to your past because you wish you still had what you had to let go of, you can't get back what you lost, but you can get the best version of today. Right? Number four, we, we haven't gotten closure. Reasons we hold on to our past, we haven't gotten closure. Some of us haven't let go of what's behind us because we're still waiting on people to apologize for something they do not feel they need to apologize for. Some of us are stalemated in the present because our past is full of people that hurt us and they're moving forward and we're not. And God is saying, how foolish is it for you to be hung up on what they did to you, but they're moving on. The choice to be free is yours, but you can't carry the burden of your past into your future, which means at some point you got to let it go. Because the question we're asking is, why am I still holding on to this? Right? And then lastly, number five, for some of us, it's where we lost something important. Reasons we hang on to the past. It's where we lost something that's important to us. We don't feel like we can move forward. Maybe that's where your dreams got crushed. Maybe that's where it robbed you of hope. Maybe it wrecked your future. Maybe it's, it's where your, your true love was lost. Or your greatest gift was taken. Maybe that's where trauma set in for you. Maybe in your past is... It's where as you were navigating life and all the things that life brings, it was in those moments where, where you, you had a trajectory. You, you knew what you were going to do in college. You knew that you were going to go and pursue this career and it was going to open these doors and you had it all set and maybe you got pregnant in high school and it just felt like ever since then you've just had a lid on your life. Maybe, maybe you've experienced a number of things where it was, you had a, a trajectory set for you you wanted to launch this business and you, you launched the business with all the confidence that it was going to go well. And then all of a sudden, life happened. And it crushed that. And for many of us, we're not moving forward because of how things just got messed up behind us. What I'm here to tell you today is that you don't have to do that. I'm here to give you great confidence that God doesn't want that for you. Matter of fact, I'll put this in your notes. It's okay to move forward even if you never move on. How many of you have ever had gone through something significant and someone told you, you just need to move on? How many of you know that's impossible? Because you can't forget what happened to you. Let's be real for a second. How many of you, some of us have emotional scars that we'll never forget what happened. We dealt with something in our life. We'll never forget what happened. And here's the thing I want to encourage you with. You may never move on, as in forget about it, but you can move forward. And choose to pursue what's in front of you rather than staying with what's behind you. And so we can move forward. Ecclesiastes 3.6 says there's a time to, sleep, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. I'm saying it again. There's a time to seek. Go looking for it. There's a time to lose. Hey, listen, you don't always get to win in life. Some of y'all are like, no, all I do is win, win, win. No matter what. I'm oh, sorry. So like, there's a time to seek, but there is a time where you're going to lose. There's a time to keep, but there's also a time to cast away and let things go. But there are seasons in life where you're going to experience all these things. And if you're letting the fact that you're going through different seasons own you and control you, then you're always going to be owned because there's always another season just around the corner, right? How many of y'all woke up this morning and was like, God, has heaven touched Pensacola? Right? Like, I felt that way. I walked outside <laughs> in like a t-shirt and shorts said, nope, I'm going back. Like, uh, 
but I'm like, I'm here for this weather. There's seasons in our life, right? So we have a hard time letting go of things in our life because here's the reality, right? Here's what, here's what we think. I might need this. Like, I might need this. I think of my wife. She's the keeper in our house. I'm the throwawayer. Okay? So, like, in our, in our life, my wife, Ashley, my amazing, beautiful wife on the front row over here, uh, she's the one. She sees something. She's like, oh, I might need that one day. Right? I'm the person that's like, if I don't need it right now, throw it in the trash. And she's like, no, no, no. Give me that box back. I could ship something in it one day. I'm like, what are we going to do? This is not UPS. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know where you can get another box where this one doesn't have to stay in my way all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, but she's that person, man. She can't. And, and hear me, I think some of us, like, we hang on to stuff in our life because we think to ourselves, man, I might need this one day. But here's what that looks like. Are you ready? I might need this is actually the excuse to stay where we are when we know we could move forward. Like, I want you to think about it. Like, I might need this one day. I might, I might need to keep this one day because if I fail, I have something I can blame it on. Like, I, I might need to keep this thing in my past one day because if I lash out at somebody, I got something I can blame it on. I might need to keep this in my life because if, if life doesn't go the way I want it to go, at least, at least I can be like, yeah, but that thing happened to me, though. And we keep things in our closet because one day we might need them. But here's the, here's the tragedy behind that. Are you ready? We really are hanging on to them because we're saying, I might want to stay where I'm at. I might not want to be healed. I might not want to be whole. I might not want to forgive others. And so I'm going to keep this so that I know I've got control. And here's what I'm here to tell you. God does not want that for us. Matter of fact, John 10, 10. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's here for. But Jesus says, man, I came that you would have life. That you have it to the full or abundantly. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here that you would keep what's behind you. I'm here that you would have what's in front of you. What's in front of you is better than what is behind you. Because God's involved, right? So Matthew 6, 19 through 20 says it like this. Don't store up for yourself treasures and joy, hope, desires, right? On earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, right? And the thieves break in and steal, and that's just life and people. How many people rob you of your joy? They can rob you of your goals. They can rob you. Like, man, they come in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves don't break in and steal. God says, man, stop trying to do everything on earth and on your own. Why don't you start coming to me and letting me drive you because what's in front of you when I'm involved is something nobody can take away from you. And so, man, four different ways. I want to show you guys four different ways today for the rest of our time together that we respond to God trying to help us change. All right, so, so God wants to help us change. Say, help me. Look at your neighbor and say, help me. <laughs> right? God wants to help us change. So we're going to God saying, God, help us change because I want to clean out the closet. I want to get better. And so four different ways that we respond to God trying to help us change. And it all comes from Mark chapter 4. All right? And I'm going to be reading out of the NLT because I'm going to be helping you navigate what this text is saying. All right? And so it talks about a farmer who's scattering seed. Are you ready? And so he says this, the seed, now the seed being the words of God, say word of God. All right. So when God speaks to our life, the seed that fell on the footpath, right? The footpath is the hard ground, the streets, right? So the, the footpath in the time would be where everyone walked. It would be their roads, right? He says the, feet, the, the, the seed that fell on the hard ground, the footpath, the streets, the rocks, and the dirt, 
packed in by heavy objects, represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Because here's the thing that we do whenever God tries to do something new in our life, right? He finds us holding on to bitterness. Holding on to bitterness. How many of you guys have ever been bitter before? Right? How many of y'all know someone that's just bitter all the time? Like, what is wrong with your face? Right? Like, just bitter all the time. And this is what God says he does. Listen, because bitterness creates hard hearts. Right? We all know someone, we've all been around someone before, that they've been bitter so long that they're just cold. They're hard. And what he says is, because bitterness creates hard hearts, our hearts become like the footpath. They become stony. They become hard. And God says with the seed, what he's saying in Mark 4 is that when, when the farmer or when God comes along and he puts seed on our hearts, because what, what does God want? He wants us to grow. He wants us to flourish when he puts seed on our hearts. Because our hearts are stony and they're hard, guess what happens? The seed can't get into us. So what does it do? It just sits on the surface. Well, guess what's not hard for Satan to do when it's just sitting on the surface? Just brush it off. And for many of us, we've come to God, man. We're like, man, I want change. I want change. And God's word comes to us. But because our hearts are hard, it just sits on the surface. And it's not hard for the world or the enemy or people to come along. And that word that God's trying to give us, they just brush it off. And we're going, I just don't know why things aren't changing. But hear me, for some of us, that's why we're not even, we're not growing like others are growing. Like some of you are part of TC. You've been here for a while, right? And you got people that are in the same group as you. They serve on the same team as you. They're reading the same Bible plan as you. They listen to the same preaching as you. Like they've been a part of all the same things as you. And they're growing by leaps and bounds. And you feel like I haven't grown at all. Anybody ever felt like that before? And what he what he's saying there is, listen, the reason they're growing and you're not is because of this. I put it in your notes. It's, it's not in your notes, but it's on the screen. I added this this morning. But true change isn't just about what seed you're getting. It's also about the soil it's going into. You see, some of us think church and the Bible and prayer is just going to be this magic pill that magically creates a beanstalk. We think it's just going to show up and all of a sudden we're just going to be good. But hear me, it's not just about the seed, it's also about the soil. Our hearts have to be ready to receive it. How many guys have ever had someone try to encourage you, but you were rock hard on your heart? How many guys know it couldn't get in there? But God's saying, if we would actually change us, the thing that's never had to change could change everything. And so it's what he wants us to see. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And here's what it says. Give no opportunity to the devil. Some translations say, give no foothold for him to get a hold of you. Right? And so here's what I want to encourage some of you because some of us, it's not our bitterness with people. It's not our bitterness with our neighbor. It's not our bitterness with our family member. For some of us, it's our bitterness with God. Like he didn't come through the way we wanted him to come through. He didn't do what we wanted him to do. And some of us need to let go of that. As a matter of fact, in letting go, because each one of these is going to have a step on letting go. Letting go means that we should be connected to God relationally, not just religiously. 
We need to get connected to God relationally, not just religiously. Ezekiel 36, 26 says this. God says, I will give you a new heart and a new mind. Is that I'll take away your stubborn heart of stone. How many of you guys know we can have stubborn hearts? Anybody? Seven of us. The rest of y'all. You're stubborn enough, you're lying right now. Okay, so... How many of you know we can have stubborn hearts at home? You have a stubborn heart. I'm just letting you know right now. All right. We can all have stubborn hearts. I'm going to take away that stubborn heart of stone. What does he say? I'm going to give you a new obedient heart. I'm going to give you a heart that's soft, one of flesh, some translations say. Like, I want to give you that. So we're holding on to bitterness. Number two, one of the reasons or one of the responses we have towards God is we find ourselves holding on to relationships and old relationships. Holding on to old relationships. Let's go back to Mark 4, 16 through 17, because this is what he says, right? He says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those that hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. How many of you guys have ever done that before? You came to church and myself or Pastor Dan or somebody preached and you were like, man, that's the word I needed. You're like, that, that's changing me, right? So we all received it, right? And so we received the word with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. Anybody ever found yourself in that you want what's good, but it just hadn't lasted long, right? What is, because it's on, hear me, it's on top of our lives, but because the ground is hard, it never gets into our lives. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. And, and here's, what, here's what the rocky soil represents is old relationships. How many of us got people in our lives right now? We know when we hang out with them, things don't go well. Some of y'all are like, that's me, actually. I'm the one that when people hang out with, things don't go well. <laughs> right? Like, we all know, like, and here's what happens. Old, unhealthy relationships, right, keep our lives rocky and shallow. Old, unhealthy, they keep our lives rocky and shallow. They let us receive God's word with joy, but it can't get deep enough to change us. And since it can't get deep enough to change us, God's word, it feels good initially, so like when we receive it initially, when we hear the preaching initially, when we read that Bible study initially, when we go to the group, our TC group initially, and we're building relationships initially, it feels right. But all of a sudden, Friday night comes around and so-and-so texts us. And when they text us, it's like, oh man, yeah, I want to go, we're going to go hang out. And you go hang out and everything that was good Monday through Thursday shifts on Friday. And it's not because you wanted it to, it's because you aren't letting the seed get deep enough to start to change you because every time you get a chance to, we surround ourselves with people that keep robbing the seed from us. And we're all guilty of that. Having people that are not good for us, right? 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, do not be deceived. You ready? It says, bad company ruins good morals. That's what the Bible says. When we surround ourselves with the wrong people, it creates the wrong things. So how do we do that? What does it look like to change this? Well, letting go is going to consist of this. Be connected to life-giving relationships, right, with God's people in TC groups. So one of the things I want to encourage you, if some of you guys are here today, maybe you're new, maybe you're just new to TC, you've been with us for a little while. TC groups is our, what we do in the community all throughout the week. We've got coffee hangout groups. They got Bible study groups. They got a bunch of the girls get together and read books about, uh, I don't know, whatever they, whatever they read books. I, yeah, it's not my thing. So uh, they read books. We got groups where we get together and eat. We got, there's uh, the empty nesters or the legends or whatever they're calling themselves now, the people that are older than I am. So uh, they, they get together, they have a Bible study and, and, and 
and they eat together. And like, but it's in those relationships, hear me, it's in those relationships that they're finding the solution to what they're trying to get from other people. Because how many of us know we need people in our life that build us up? Because all of us have enough in our world that tears us down. Like all of us know what that feels like. So we need people in our life that's going to build us up. And these are great ways to connect to people in relationships and in groups where God is building us up through proper relationships instead of watching the seed get robbed from us in improper and unhealthy relationships. And so he comes to us and he goes, man, we need to have our life connected to people who are giving life to us. And if you want to get connected to TC groups, right, go to mytc.life. You can look at the list, find one that works for you, sign up. And here's the beautiful part. If you got to miss some weeks, that's okay. I would rather you be signed up. God would rather you be signed up and make some, even if you have to miss some, than not be signed up and miss all of them because you were afraid of missing some. Like get connected. If you miss a group, no one's going to be like, hey, bro. What's the deal? I put out the crackers. You didn't show up. Like, that's not going to happen. All right. If you do miss a group, though, they will reach out to you and be like, hey, everything OK? How many of you have ever needed someone to check on you one time? Well, how would it feel to be connected to a group of people that when you're not there, they're not blasting you for not showing up, but they are checking on you to make sure you're good? I bet you this is true right now for every single person in here. Right. I bet you wish people checked on you the way you check on people. I bet you wish people cared for you the way you care for people. Well, hear me. Stop going to the same people that never check on you thinking they're going to change. Why don't you change the people that can start checking on you? So I'm inviting you into that space because it'll change your life. Number three, one of the, the other reasons our response to God is we're holding on to old mindsets. We're holding on to old mindsets, right? And oftentimes out of fear, going back to Mark 4, we're going to keep going with this, with the seed. Mark 4, 18 through 19 says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hears God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded. Say crowded. So, and that word crowded literally means it's suffocated. Like it gets choked. It gets crowded by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. I want you to think about it for a second. God's coming to you and wants to do something great in your life. And how many of us have ever let it get crowded by the worries of life, the lures to become successful or rich or wealthy, right? And the desire for all the other things that God never said, hey, you should have this. We've just decided we want to have this. And so what happens? He's saying, man, we come and the seed gets shook out. And he says, because of the desire for all those things, the lives are unfruitful. Say unfruitful. Keep your eyes on me, guys. Just stay with me. Like, it says their lives are unfruitful. Essentially, what the Bible is saying, when we desire all the things from God, instead of God himself, we don't get anything. But if we would just desire God, he would give us everything that we need. And so he's asking, so... What is the way that that can happen for you? Well, letting go involves getting connected to a purpose that makes an eternal impact on people. You want to know what one of the best ways to get your mind off of you, you, you? It's to become an impact in them, them, them. God's saying as long as you're focused on what you're trying to get, what you're trying to do, 
It's going to be tough. But if you'll get fixed on what you're trying to give, things can get beautiful, right? Because hear me, a fruitful life is an impactful life. And this is one of the reasons why the dream team is so huge at TC. When you look around here, like you look around TC, there's over 150 people that serve every weekend right here at TC, right? So they're greeting at the door. They're on the worship team. They're running cameras. Like, what's up, camera guy? Like, they're running, cam- like, they're running south there, down there serving with our kids and making a difference in our kids. Like, like, all over the campus, there's all kinds of people that are making a difference. But here's the one thing they bought into. Are you ready? The one thing they bought into is what I'm doing today is making a difference in the life of someone whose life is going to get touched by God. And there's something that changes inside of you when that's your mentality, because now it's not me, me, me. What's it about? Them. I'm going to live a life that's worth something out there. I'm going to change someone's life. I'm God who created the universe is going to use me today to touch someone's life. That's incredible. And every single person on the team believes that. And that's what's beautiful. So my invitation for some of you, you're like, man, I want to be a part of that. Like, I want to get plugged into that. Listen, next steps can get you moving in that direction. So you give us two weeks. As a matter of fact, we're doing next steps right after this service. You can go down the hall. You can join us for next steps, and we can help you get plugged into that. You can find out more about the church if you're new, like if you really new. You can find out more about who we are as a church. You can also discover how God wants to use your life. Because hear me, getting rid of old mindsets starts with new ones. And we all want that for ourselves. Ephesians 22 through 24 says this, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, the old ways, and it's corrupt and deceitful desires. How many of y'all know left to ourselves, there's still part of us that wants the things God doesn't want for us? We can be honest. He says, put off your old self. That's part of that. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on a new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And not only that, he says, but it's not just for you, but it's a desire to not only do what's right for you, but do what's right for others too. One of the, I think one of the worst things that's ever happened in Christianity is we got so inward focused that we forgot God wants us to make an impact on people. And you don't have to have it all together. Here's the beautiful part. Are you ready? You don't have to be perfect to have purpose. Like I've almost got ready to adopt a phrase around here, just no perfect people allowed. You don't have to be perfect to have purpose. God wants to use your life. He wants to use you. He wants to use your story. You know, I don't even know if like, I don't even like my story. If it testifies of God's goodness, it's a great story. And we should want to use it. Ephesians 2.10 says, for you are God's, are you ready for this word? Ephesians 2.10, you are God's what? Masterpiece. Does that sound like the bottom shelf of Ross to you? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about? Listen, that's not the back bin of dirt cheap, my friends. Like, I hope this is getting in your bones for a second. You're not the bottom shelf of the pawn shop somebody forgot about. God has intentionally brought you from whatever you've gone through in life to this moment right now. And he never forgot about you once. There was never a moment where you were outside of his purview. You may have felt that way, 
But there's never been a moment where God's eyes weren't on you. He says, you are his masterpiece. But not just so that he could look at, what does it say? It keeps on going. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So what? So that we can do the good things. We can have purpose. We could fulfill the call that he's put in us. Did he just come up with it today? No. What does it say? That he put in us a long time ago. And so what do we need to do? Why is this important? Because Matthew 4.20, the last part of the verse of the seed says this, and the seed that fell on good soil, on good soil. Say good soil. So good soil is people that's cleaned out the junk. The soil is good. It's prepared for God to do something because how many of us want God to do something? How many of us want the life God has for us? Come on, come and help me out for a second. How many of y'all want the life God has for you? You want, you want a life full of purpose and joy. Like we, we want those things. And so that's the good soil. And he says, and the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as been planted. Come on, I'm talking about abundance. I'm talking about blessing. I'm talking about living a prosperous life full of purpose and and destiny. And it's all connected to the harvest. It's right in front of us. It's it's right out there. And and all it takes to get there is to let go of what's back there. And God said, I've got it for you. It's out there. You can have it. And here's here's what they mean by the seed. Because I want you to think about this for a second. A giant tree that can produce tons of fruit comes from what? One seed. And that seed would, would produce one tree, but that one tree would produce a lot of fruit. And that fruit produces what? Lots of seeds. And those seeds can produce more trees. And for some of us, the harvest that we're waiting for in our life is connected to the one time we finally say, all right, God, I want what you have for me out there and I'm ready to let go of what's back there. I want what you have for me out there and I'm ready to let go of what's back there. God wants great things for you. And there's a harvest waiting for you. And I want you to imagine this. Some of you are parents. You're gonna be the difference maker that your kids never have to make the decisions you went through. You're gonna be the decision maker that they don't have to go through the pain that you went through. There's a harvest of godliness. There's a harvest of purpose. There's a harvest of future. There's a harvest of destiny. There's a harvest of bountiful abundance in front of you. And it's all gonna start from one seed, but hear me, that one seed's gotta fall on good soil. It's gotta fall on lives that are prepared for it. Because if it doesn't fall in the good soil, either Satan can brush it off, it can get washed away because it's on rocky soil, or it just never takes root because it's shallow. But when our hearts are prepared, God says, I've got something for you. And so as we close today, when we realize that God wants our lives to count for something greater, we realize this, letting go of the old stuff makes room for new things. And so friends, today, let's let go of some of the old stuff so that we can get ready for the new things that God wants to do in our lives. He's got greatness ahead. Let's let go of what's behind and do what Paul says. He says, I press on 
towards the heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. Let's do it today. He wants it for you. I pray that you want it for yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, I pray that you would prompt our hearts that we can remember all that it is that you're aiming to accomplish. God, that, that you have great things for us in front of us. You have purpose. You have a destiny. You have abundance. There, there's something out there, God. And, and we're never going to see it properly as long as we're holding on to what's behind us. So, God, I pray each one of us would ask ourselves this simple question. Why am I holding on to this? Whether it's old bitterness. Whether it's old relationships. Whether it's old mindsets. Why am I holding on to this? I'm ready to grab a hold of something new. I'm ready to grab a hold of something new. I'm ready to go where you want. I'm letting go of old things so I can grab a hold of new things. Because it's in those moments where we see the fullness of God. So God, I pray for every person that's here that's going to let go of old things. They're going to let go of old stuff. They're going to pursue new things. God, that you would help us let go of all those things. But as we let go of those things, you help us pick up the right things. That we would connect to you relationally, God, that we would know you. That we would find relationships with people that are going to build us up, not just keep taking from us. And that we're going to discover a purpose that you've put inside of us that we've been looking for for a long time. A life full of purpose that you have for us. So I pray for every person, God, that they would realize that the great days are ahead because you are guiding our steps in Jesus' name. We thank you today and we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I want to, keep, I want to invite you to keep your eyes closed for just a second. If you're here today and you need God to change your life, you need God to transform your heart, you need God to give you a fresh start, a new beginning. Sin separates all of us from God. But when Jesus died on the cross, he made a way that our sin no longer had to separate us from God. And he paid for the sins of our life. And today, if you've been in a place where you've let your sins separate you from God, but you're ready to be close to God, I'm here to tell you God's ready to be close to you. And if you're ready to say, you know what, God, I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. And I want to put my faith in Jesus that when he died for me, he paid for my sins. And now I can pursue what's ahead. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me and the whole church will pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. But I want you to repeat this prayer after me. You ready? Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I give you my life. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And so I ask you to give me a fresh start and I'll give you my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that today. Man, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.